Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. This is episode number 82, and we got some fun stuff in store for you. We are not alone this week. We have a guest, and no, it is not the 51-year-old Denise Richards who just started her own OnlyFans. So sit back, relax, and get ready to travel those channels of fear with us. Welcome back. Of course, it's number 82, the episode of the Red River Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Zakreski, joined this week by Red River Horror.com founder, Eddie Cayazzo. Hi, Ed. Joe. I'll just turn my mic on, Joe. How yeah. are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? You're doing better now that the microphone's on. <laughs> and hey, we're finally, we finally, welcome back to the show, Steve Feast. Hey, Steve. Hey, Keystone Retro himself. You hear him <laughs> talk <laughs> well, about me every single week. We do, because I'm actually I'm kind of fascinated by collectibles because I have a hard time. I have things I like, but I've never been a big like collector keeping things authentic. So we're going to cover some of that today. I got a fun question for the two of you mm-hmm. that I dug up on Dreadit. Uh, yeah, we might even, if we have time, we might get another ghost story in. I think so too. Yeah, uh, just a couple of guys sitting around sweating our butts off. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Red River Horror Podcast. <laughs> Drinking hot coffee at <laughs> seven forty at night. The sun oh, coming through. Don't Giddy you love up. it? You really do. You um, really do. So I don't want to be around the bush because we've got some really cool stuff, and I want to talk about that first because that's going to be up. We'll show some pictures of this, Steve. What am I looking at? Yeah, I mean you're looking at a couple different things here, yeah. Joe. So. We, last week, towards the end of your pod, uh-huh. you were talking about some articles that were out there, and Ed brought it to the table. I believe you were the one that brought it to the table, Ed. Yep. Of a copy of Star Wars, Not a New Hope, just Star Wars. Yes. On VHS that sold at auction for $75,000. That's insane. Whoa. It is. And... Ed reached out to me and mentioned, you know, this is, I got a bunch of these games, you know, or a bunch <laughs> of these, uh, these VHSs. I'd love to, you know, see what these are worth. And we started talking about grading because that's essentially what these VHSs are. Yeah. So, so not to cut you off, but I imagine for a VHS, it's probably harder to have, like, it's got to be wrapped. Like it's got, it can't be watched because that stuff, I mean, tapes correct. wear out pretty quick. Well, it, it kind of depends because with a lot of these grading companies, if you can put it in a case, if you can find something to grade about it, okay, you can grade it. All right. So, so if I have a case that's in great condition, but the tape's been watched a few times, you you may want to still get that graded. It's okay. open. It's not sealed. There's going to be different things. Maybe a hype sticker. People are really mm-hmm. big on a hype sticker, especially from the 80s. Uh, how that seal is going to look is going to be a big part of it. Let's just say it's a book. What the spine looks like is going to be a part of that grading. A Pokemon card is going to be the corners, how sharp they are. And I actually brought, I have a few, uh, really just comics is the only thing I've really got into when it comes to grading. So I brought a couple here. And with comics, they're going to look at the whiteness of the pages, how sharp those corners are, if there's any seams. So really a red comic probably isn't going to get a high grade. Um, I have two with me here. So, not to bury the lead too much. Again, we'll uh, throw this up on your Instagram and take a look at all this. But 
I brought two that were kind of horror related. Yeah. So first one, the the cover especially, is Carnage, Red, White, and Blood. Whoa. So this is a this is a nine eight. This is a uh, Jack Leeson variant cover. Wow. So this is variant cover. Um, yes. I mean here, take, look at take a that's look at a it. fantastic looking cover. And that and for myself that that is really why I like graded comics, and. It's the fact that they look nice. It looks so, very nice. Like that's definitely something you, you I, you'd hang. I yes. don't like I don't like comics, but I would hang that up. Sure, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you know another one here, Walking Dead. I definitely would consider it horror or at least horror. Uh, the comic, yeah, definitely, hundred yeah. percent. And this is Negan Lives. So this is a, a one-off Negan comic as well. Nice. Ah. So that that was a one-off uh, kind of side series that they did on Negan. I have a bunch, but these ones really, I thought, made the most number, sense. But. Number one issue? Is that what that's So, so then just, so um, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I've never watched um, anything past, I think, the first season of The Walking Dead. Sure. Does Negan die? Uh, maybe. Okay. It's still going on. Oh, my gosh. All right. So I, I'm probably never. I believe this is the second half of the last season coming up. Okay. Or maybe the third. Oh, I thought the- that wasn't the end. I think there's still one more piece of it. Oof. And I'm sorry about this, guys. I just, uh, I had to watch the bat scene, so I did see the dude get his brains bashed in with the sure. seal, yeah. the vampire bat. Um, but that's Negan, right? That's yes. the, the dad yeah, of Supernatural. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes it that, is. That's that's the guy. Or, right. the, or the comedian from The Watchmen. Yeah. Okay. That, you never saw Watchmen, did you? you know. I finally did at some point. I did finally watch yeah. it. At, at, you had the uh, the HBO thing. I've watched it at some point. Oh, okay. It was on there. Okay. But, any, but anyway, the, sorry, I, I didn't mean to no, invoke The Walking Dead. It's just Negan so, lives. I'm like, oh, he dies? Yeah, huh. so, yeah, you know, he, <laughs> in this, he he may be dead, and then, like, this is like, oh, it's in the past. Negan lives, so here's a, a one-off Negan story yeah. that they're going to throw in there. That's pretty interesting. We'll throw that cover yeah. up there, too. Yeah, we'll definitely throw yeah. this up on the, the Instagram. But the the big thing you guys were talking about was the value of these yeah. and yes. what this market looks like. And I think of any of this stuff, it, people talk down on NFTs, and I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and say that I am pro NFT at all. Yeah. But I understand for a lot of people, it's collectible. This is a collectible. People buy and resell this stuff that maybe aren't even into comics, and a lot of times that's what happens with these big articles. So I cannot confirm this, and this is all alleged and my own thought. Mm-hmm. So I'm just <laughs> saying that right now. But the company who was the one who graded that VHS. They are completely sold out right now. And I'll say they paused submissions because they have now gotten so many requests for VHSs that they cannot keep up with the demand. Wow. So what has happened, and there is a... I want to make sure I get his name right here. Um, Actually, I know his name is Carl Jobes. He is a YouTuber. Yep. And... a. I'd say it's about six months ago in the video game market. There was these Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3. These games that weren't really that rare a couple years ago. The biggest games of all time Uh that are probably have a warehouse and warehouse still sealed somewhere in these United States or in Canada or (laughs) or in really anywhere around the world. And there was ones that were selling for I think it sold for three hundred thousand dollars in twenty. 17 
And then it sold for a million dollars in 2020. And then the last time where it just sold, it sold for a $2 million. And that was in 2020, or excuse me, 2021. So it was a 6,500% increase in the value within five years. Wow. What am I doing wrong, man? Well, what other people are doing wrong (laughs) is... Is that they're creating speculation in the market. And that is 100% what is going on. (laughs) So (laughs) that's not, I mean. So it goes a lot deeper than this. Yeah. There, there's a guy who is a founder of Heritage Auctions is where a lot of these big ones are getting sold at. And they are working directly with WADA. So the person who had bought this was the founder, a coin dealer from the 80s. And then also a owner of, I, uh, I believe it was a video game store, mm-hmm. and, and they went in on this together. And what they keep doing is they keep selling it to themselves. Uh, so they, they just keep buying it and reselling it for a higher price to themselves or to a friend. And they did the same scam back in the 80s with coin collecting. Yes, I actually watched a whole thing on so, that. So this goes all into this guy doing this with coin collecting and now he's doing it again with video games wow so, so it's a wait super mario 3 uh, i think it might have been the original super mario brothers that was like the big one that went for for two million dollars but like all of those it, anything that has a name that like <laughs> yeah they're pac pac-man or <laughs> right. like you're, you're gonna get a lot more people who are gonna want to own a super rare version of mario brothers than they manipulate the market yeah. to make it more valuable than it actually is. Yeah. So I that. So then, what also happens is it's basically what NFTs. Are. So now, so now everyone's going to WADA. Yeah. To get their games graded because there's this value and it, like anything, we're just waiting for that bubble to bust. And there's a lot of that going on. Personally, I I, I do buy and resell. If you've gone to my website, you'll see that I don't have anything up there, but I am selling a lot of records currently and and uh, doing some stuff on whatnot. Really cool platform. We could probably spend an hour talking about that, but yeah, basically it's live auctions. So like you're, you're running your own auction house. Yeah, so, you, you, you explained it to me before, and it's like, is this just anybody can sign up and do it, or do you kind of have to have it, it was, some kind of credibility? Was, yeah, so it was invitation only as first. Now they're getting a little bit more loose, okay. which is why I've kind of slowed down from that. And I started going back traditional ways, eBay, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm selling some of my records on a thing called Discogs. It just a whole nother, another platform that's specifically for... You got to find me on Discogs. I'm actually on there. Okay. You got to find me. No. Keystone Retro. Oh, I can do that. That's, that's easy. pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty easy. <laughs> I can do that. So, uh, really cool platform. But, you know, essentially that is... That's kind of the state of the market right now. Okay. And, you, you were talking about this. Wada was working with Heritage Auctions, so now Wada's backed up. But then again, card cards are crazy right now. Comics are crazy right now. So anything you can get graded, people are now grading like concert tickets and and books. Anything that you can encapsulate and say this now has an intrins- intrinsic value, and there's one of one of these in the world at whatever sort of grade. You're you're making one of one things in some cases. So like my Genesis ticket from December, 
It's like their last tour. If, like if you want, if you, if it looks mm. nice, it's pristine. It's from a let, let's just say something that might be from Madison Square Garden. Uh huh. Might have more value than something from Wells Fargo Center. The Wells Fargo Center. We or, were going to go or, to Her, or Hershey Park Stadium or something like that. But it's also what value can you drive into this? So do you do you want it for yourself? For me, that you know these are for myself. Okay. Uh, I like looking at these. These are going to be on a shelf. Maybe I'll sell them someday. So Maybe I, I won't. I, I only know. ask that because literally Wells Fargo Center sold like that. And in this COVID world, I'm like, they're not going to add a second yeah. show. And so we're like, all right, well, maybe let's go to the Madison Square Garden one. Sure, sure. And it's just like, no, well, they added a second show. But we ended up getting tickets to the first one. But I was thinking like, well, how cool would that be to see Genesis for the last time at Madison Square Garden? But we, we yeah. did. So, so even so. Right now, it probably would only have value to you. Okay. But in maybe in 30 years, when now it's rarer, um, let's just say it's a Genesis Genesis ticket from 1982 from the Forum or Wachovia Spectrum, torn down Spectrum. So now people are buying it for the nostalgia of the Spectrum. Yeah. Buying it for the nostalgia of maybe I was at that show. Uh, 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 My parents always told me I was conceived in the parking lot at that show. (laughs) And it's like, it has some sort of value. (laughs) Right. Right. Like if I had a ticket from like the Flyers versus the Soviet Union in 1976. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was in good condition. You had it sitting there. All right. I'm going to send that out. Get it. Grade it. And now it's encapsulated in this real nice thing that you can put up on a shelf, put it on one of those picture ledges. Like, yeah. That's what I do with my comics. I just use a so, picture ledge. So, Steve, I didn't mean to take it off the rails there. So, what, you, what no, you're, you're saying is, if you have... So, it, bringing this, you brought some of your horror <laughs> artifacts sure. with, with you. So, this Heritage Auctions guy... Now, this is... Spe- again, we're speculating. Yes. No, no slander here. We're, we're speculating that this heritage auctions guy is driving up the prices with this Waka. So can this Wada or Waka can Wada. they Wada, Waka. Can, can they, <laughs> Waka, can they get in trouble now? So now they're Potentially. getting all this business. So say, say they just come out and say, yeah, yeah, we, we, we screwed around with it. So what? <laughs> you know, I, I will say this without burying the lead. It's, I get nothing out of this. I would, I would suggest if you are more interested in this, watch the documentary. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, not, not only for you, but also for, you know, for the listeners as well, because I can probably not speak highly enough to it. And this is someone who put hours of work into an hour long documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, cause I see, that's the thing. And I, Joe, you, you know this about me better than anyone. Yeah. It's. So, like, I think, Steve, of, like, I see a story like that last week, and I immediately just think of you, and now all of a sudden, you in my life are that expert. It's just like, sure. Ed, Ed, you, you do have Google. It's just like, yeah, I know, but, like, this is your thing. It's like, yeah, but you do. So, like, you know, because I, all of a sudden, yeah. I dub <laughs> Steve the expert. Just like, yeah, yeah. okay, but, yeah. <laughs> and but and, and it's fine as up. well. I, I was <laughs> with our friend of the show, Jeffrey Mitchell, yesterday. Oh, yeah. And his son is very into Star Wars right now. Uh-huh. Nice. And we got him a Darth Maul figure. He's Ooh. like, yeah, hey, what's the, you know, what's the best? No, this was Saturday. I'm sorry. But not to say yeah. that kid, he yeah. got, he got a Darth Maul figure and then went to a, a union game yeah. right afterwards. I mean, Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. But yeah. It's a good weekend. Yeah. Good for him. He's swimming in a pool asking, asking people to, what's the best Darth Maul? And it's like, oh, I got it for you, buddy. You yeah. know, I mean, only wow. buy a Darth Maul figure. But I do, I do know what is going to be in a, in a realistic price range for a, 
10 year old that's going to break it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's keep it somewhat at a price range, but I will, I will say, so we, we were just kind of talking about collectibles yeah, here yeah. in general. Um, what I brought is just to kind of show you guys like really what's out there in horror because like any, any genre, I'm into a lot of things. Horror is very nerdy. People like to collect things, whether it's VHSs, oh, yeah. whether it's whatever. Mm-hmm. And then even things within there. So probably the biggest company within this is NECA right now that has a lot of horror licenses. So they have everything from Universal Monsters to Godzilla, King Kong, you know, not really horror, but we've talked about that before. Oh, yeah. All the way up to Trick or Treat and, you know, all everything in between. One of them I brought here was one of mm. maybe my favorite Halloween movies. Oh, man. Halloween 3, Season Halloween of the three. Witch. Oh, look at that. That's Great so movie. beautiful. What's inside it, Steve? Well, inside is <laughs> the trick-or-treaters. Are they full figures? Oh, oh wow. my gosh. With the TV. With the TV Ooh. that... And the deteriorated if masks. You, if you turn it, it goes to the shamrock. So just to describe oh, this... Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to put the big promotional picture up there on Facebook, but, or uh, on Twitter, on all those places. But anyway... And that's NECA, N-E-C-A? N-E-C-A. I believe it is the national... Uh, Entertainment Collectibles Association. Cool. I think that is what that stands for. So for for those listening, if you're in the car, what we're looking at is the skeleton guy on the left, the witch in the middle, and the pumpkin head on the right. All the silver shamrock masks, and then they have the deteriorated ones under them. As Joe said, the TV. I mean, this is pretty cool. This is a really cool collectible. Yeah, and I got got a little Chucky here as well. This is also NECA. Yeah. (laughs) But what I I really wanted to show off, and I, I brought some of these just to show... Some some of this is all NECA. Actually, a good bit of this is all NECA. But there's so many different brands mm-hmm. putting things out. So no matter what you collect. So someone who wants that nostalgia of the kind of those Star Wars figures from the early what 80s. language is that? And that is Japanese. So okay, that's that going to be my guess, but it didn't sound like a The Japanese poster there of Ash, Evil Dead. Hmm. So wow. I brought a bunch of, bunch of Evil Dead here just to show like, how many different lines they wow. have of the same figure? So this is like Ghoul's Night there's Out. There's a little Ghoul's Night Out there for the Misfits, but this is made by NECA. This is this is an Ash. These are more of a that's a good one kind of comicy variation of it. Toonie Terrors. Toonie Terrors. I Here's like the way that looks. Also, Evil Dead Two. This is yep. going to be more of that that expensive thirty thirty oh, dollar wow. range. But I like Ash how figure. Like the, the the heads and. Yeah, That's different neat. heads, different things. Now, Steve, I got to ask before we go further. You have Great a few more too. here. Yeah. The is so I've avoided these specifically. I'd love to have a room to display this of stuff. Of course. Especially when we when Joe, we're finally going to get settled in both of our places. Yes. As a great place to like a studio to yeah. record the podcast. So I want to display that That's as we get sure. more visual. But what's held me back is I'm the type of person that I want to resell that when I retire. So is that your, when you go into this and you purchase pieces like this, is your goal ultimately to resell or do you want them for you? What's your, what motivates you here? I I think there's a 50, 50. Okay. So I do think that there is, there's some, like this is my actual uh, evil ash from army of darkness (laughs) with a broken hand from when I was, you know, whatever. Uh, 10 when I bought this because wow. you were t- it's out of the box this is out of the box and I actually have the the matching ash which is in a in the box in, in the <laughs> box but in a very bad box which you know 
Let's just do it here while we're talking. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. No. He's taking it out of the box. He's opening the box. Oh, no. Oh, no. That is $80,000 oh, down the drain. Steve, didn't so you for see 40-year-old virgin? Exactly. But for this one, this is for me. Beat up box. Yeah. I, w- I want this out of the box. I want this sitting You're on You're going to display the two of them? Yeah, nice. absolutely. So display the two of them, the nice little army of darkness back thing there. Oh, man. Great ash figure, but essentially what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, there's no matter what you're into, the, uh, we can even get into the Funko Pops, which is like a whole other thing. Like, yeah, there. If you're into anything hard, there are so many collectibles out there, from figures to comics of your favorite horror piece, collecting VHSs, and right now, like this is this is when the market is hot, mm-hmm. but. Mm. There's a little speculation there. So it's, is, really? this, is this a real marketer? Is this a... Is it inflated? Is it inflated? Mm, interesting. I mean, it's been a couple of years. I'd imagine yeah. a lot of like the online trading, eBay, like a lot of shipping really boosted. Uh, shipping boosted. Well, what it, what is what? also driving a lot of classic demand? So like vinyl. Vinyl is mm. very high right now, but that is because all the other... Um, the plants are pretty much backed up. Right. So people are not buying new stuff or a lot of new stuff's getting pressed, but maybe right a year out, you're not getting a lot of repressing and stuff like that. So that has been a, a big aftermarket of stuff that just came out maybe okay. like a year or two ago. Yeah. Just because supply chain and, and plants and so you know, COVID. No, not much different than cars. So, so what I'm thinking exactly. of, what I'm thinking of doing is anything that I buy, I want to sell when I'm 67. Yeah, Every, like, like no matter what. So I have. Why are you waiting so long? Uh, just because at that point I don't want to have a job. Yeah, I would mm. hope maybe try maybe year or two before that. Yeah. So, so what? I, but I'm saying like in my retirement. Yeah. I could be doing this. Like so. Sure. So in other words, sure, okay. I wouldn't be. Do- my brain wouldn't be dormant. You know. Gotcha. What I mean? Um. I I would I'm very much of a mindset that as much as I have a lot of junk I don't want to leave I, I don't want to leave junk for someone else to worry sure. about when I'm gone. Yeah. It, the inevitable thing like we're we're all on we all know like <laughs> I'm going to be gone someday. Yeah. Sure. So I don't want to leave all this junk for someone. So like you know some of this I'm going to get rid of as it goes along and you know I I would hope by the time I'm in my 60s that it's more of a secondary fascination that I've yes. kind of got rid of a lot of that stuff I'm a little more I was always uh, surprised because uh, Eddie's dad was a big collector of uh, ham radio yes ham and radios transistor radios yeah all that stuff all that stuff and then it's uh all gone now almost all gone it's uh, he's he's definitely kept a nice pile to himself like you could he's not that old yet. yeah yeah if you yeah, go if you go into the basement you'll see he has he has his uh, uh Something his for, babies, for himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, but, but I think I'd all, I, I would always pr- like be that way. Yeah. Like even yeah. into my whatever seventies, eighties, God, God willing, <laughs> I I think I'll always have like a couple pieces that are th- for you. They stay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's I. My goal is at sixty seven. I want to flip every like. So I do believe if you have a record collection. Steve, I don't know how you feel about this. I do believe if you have a record collection, I did not start probably until 2014 when they released um, the 30th anniversary. Oh, my gosh, it was 40. 
Uh, no, no, 30. Of uh, Van Halen's 1984. Okay. I never owned that CD. I never owned that cassette. And my dad gave me a record player. I'm like, you know what? It's pressed on that 180 gram vinyl. I'm like, yeah. I'm buying this album. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. <laughs> so that led to the first record store day sure. that I attended. So then I got a limited edition Doors, mm. Strange mm-hmm. Days album. So, mm. so what I was doing is it's like, okay, if I'm going to get an album on vinyl, it's something that I can't have already in my collection. Because being a DJ, I have a ton of CDs. That's a right. fair, a, a fair, a fair rule to just kind of set up for yourself. Yeah, and it helps not getting too far into it as well. Right. <laughs> so you set up a rule, and, and I, I do agree with rules to any collecting. You should have some breaking point, or it gets crazy. <laughs> so what I did was, so I've slowly been accumulating this record collection. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll sl- if it's a new record I'll slit the end, but I'll leave everything else intact. Yeah. But another I do, I do rule. the same. So another rule is one: if I'm gonna buy it, I can't already own the album on CD, mm-hmm. tape, whatever. Two: I have to listen to it. <laughs> I I do. Uh, I I have a lot of records, but I I'll say I stick to that rule. Eighty five percent of the time. There are a okay. couple of things that I bought, like uh, <laughs> Prince uh, Purple Rain, and it was like super cheap. It was like ten dollars or something. It's like, all right, I'll put this in the collection. I don't need to to flip on Purple Rain. Bad example. I've have I have listened to Purple Rain, but <laughs> uh, you know something like that. Sometimes I won't listen to it. I I bought a Beatles box set, their entire catalog. It's a lot to listen through, you know, something like that. I won't, but yeah, uh, usually if I have, I like guess if I buy a standalone LP, I want to listen to it before it goes in the collection. Sure. Okay. Okay. That's a prereq. All right, cool. So that, yeah. so that's not a bad, because all no, I think those is, are good rules. It's just like, well, if you're going to collect them then and if you're going to buy them new, then keep one freaking seal, keep them sealed. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. It's music. I, I always struggled with that when I was like, you got to keep it in the box. Like when I was getting all the, um, when I was getting loot crate, it's like, well, you can't take the Funko Pops out, but it's like I had them in my office at work. So I was like, no, they're kind of coming out. Yeah. At the end of the day, these are all toys. At, well, they're like toys, they're comics, they're... I actually ended up giving them all, keys, all whatever. my niece and... You know, exactly. You know. Yeah. Is there value to it? Sure. You can make value to anything. Yeah. I don't know how much value like Funko stuff, like or like how much stuff from a loot crate's going to have. Maybe... And super mm-hmm. mass produced over and over and over again. Right. It's going to have an, an something like that. And I was into Funkos at the time and would pay attention to that market. At that time, when it would first hit, you would have that like initial bubble. Yeah. It's new. Everyone wants it. Oh, I really wanted that figure. And the only people that have it are from this loot crate. And then six months later, well, Loot Crate found 150 of them and we're trying to get rid of them for yeah. $10 each. It's really fascinating because like the collectors, like, so in certain research, they're saying that like, that's the reason why values of uh, figures and other like toy items don't have the same value that they used to when you save them because of how mass produced they are. Correct. Like if I have a GI Joe from 1964, um yeah like 64 74 yeah like it's not like in the box like that's good that's like way up there was if i still have like the gi joes that were out when i was a kid still wrapped it's like nah the the biggest like kind of speculative 
you know, I'll keep using that word, <laughs> was the 90s Star Wars figures. That's yeah, so there's there's those, a good one. Those were so overproduced. Yeah. You can go into any secondhand toy store, you know, collecting store or whatever <laughs> in the country right now and you could probably get the majority of them for like 5 bucks, 10 bucks Steve, like they you know, they Are you talking about the episode 1 figures? Well, I mean the episode 1, but even um I'm thinking more Power of the Force and uh Power of the Jedi. Are you still sitting on some episode 1 stuff? <sighs> no, I sold it. Those the N64 Podracer edition. I, I, I was gonna say I know I know a kid who's really into episode one and told me that Jar Jar Binks carried Qui Gon Jinn in every scene they were in together. Is that still Ben? Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we well, he was made. We're, for we're gonna kids. have. We're gonna have yeah, a talk. We gotta have I a mean, talk well, Jar Jar was made for yeah. kids, right? That was yeah, he's the ten whole, years old. Yeah, yeah. he's at their Ewoks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I didn't yeah, accept sure. that at first, and then remember, oh, I mean, you know, I did that rewatch before. So yeah. The episode one thing, here's the problem. So I got rid of that in an estate sale type thing. It's just like, gotcha. here's the box of stuff, and here's what it'll get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60 bucks. So, Not for the N64. No, the N64 I got, um, I think I got 185 for the N64. No, I bought that for 40 bucks at Boscov's. Okay. On the way out. Like, all mm. the next generation of video games were out. And this was sitting on the floor in high school when I was I was walking through Boscov's. We used to go to the mall. It was forty bucks. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kept it in the box. It wasn't graded or anything like that. But I, I yeah, I flipped that. I think it was for 180 or 185. Yeah. That's not bad, right? When was this? Oh, 2010, 2011. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's great. Now, right now, that's probably worth like <laughs> 700 bucks. Kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I sold my Dreamcast for 150. That's probably worth a lot more now. And our Dreamcast hold, our Dreamcast holding up? I think so. God, you know what I always wanted with the Dreamcast? I wanted it so bad was the Dreamcast with the gun and House of the Dead 2. Mm-hmm. Cuz I love playing that in the arcade and I wanted to play it at home all the time. Yeah. Mm. You got to do one of these with uh, video games. Oh yeah, I was talking to our friend, friend of the show, Devin Milbrand. We need to get him out here, but we, we, were, ju- need... we were just talking The Last of Us and yeah. Resident Evil, and we tried to get when the Resident Evil launch, we tried to get yeah. him on. Maybe, uh, no, maybe, maybe it's because Resident yeah. Evil. Here's here's my thing. Not to go off on a whole tangent here, but Resident Evil, I liked one, scared me, two, scared me, three. I don't remember playing that much. Talking about the video games, yeah. But four, I loved. It's four Nemesis. Uh, I don't know. I think it may be. Yeah. And then after off the top of my head, Code Veronica. Code Veronica for the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I liked that. I like. I couldn't tell you. I don't know the story. I I mean, there's a lot now. There's. (laughs) I mean, The Last of Us, and I, I brought it up on the show before. Is I was at I was. Joe Griffin popped it in like it just finished, you know, however long it took to <laughs> I, I don't own newer systems. I keep it classic. But how long it takes to load the game up? <laughs> like, I'm like, wait a minute. He's just like, I've been waiting six hours. I'm like, yeah. what? wait, what? Had to, had to install it to your hard drive and yeah, then gosh. download the update that already came out even day one. Yeah. yeah. And he and he flips it on. And I think the opening scene was like 20 minutes. Oh, long it's insane. And was like intense. It was intense. You're, you're better wa- than like you're watching a movie. Yeah, and, and it's gonna be a. I mean, we could save it for. There's an HBO show coming out very yeah. soon. With uh, mm, very uh, soon. 
what is it uh mandalorian what is his pa- uh, pedro pascal yep yeah so yeah the <laughs> last of us tv show coming out soon so i'm very i'm pretty hyped for that even yeah. though i've never played a second of the game i only no, saw the, the opening the, crazy, the opening yeah. scene i'm playing it right now and uh yeah we can talk all about that yeah all i right. tried i tried out the last horror video game i tried out that was newer because like well, we got those stadias so i got the free sample the demo of resident evil village mm-hmm. that's pretty good and i was playing that in my house before we were living in it when it was like still like empty yeah and like there was no floors and stuff Ooh. and it was like dark nice and i was just like creepy. i'm gotta leave yep <laughs> so that definitely it got me pretty good so I guess we can pivot. We're going to put a picture of all this. Yeah. We have the Halloween through Neko or Neka. Neka. Well, yeah. I, I was going to say we, we found that, uh, that stadium on Reddit, mm. <laughs> you know, which is a perfect segue well, right into what we were talking about at the top of the show. Oh yeah. You ready to, you guys ready, oh, ready to take a question from Dreddit? Yes. I yes but yeah we'll get this all up on the social media and I love it I do check these it out it's and beautiful give me a follow and if you have questions check it out I I see I see I see uh, notifications when someone visits my website from oh. like whatever like city they're from or whatever and and we get a lot of organic hits on like Mondays and stuff so I know there's people out there checking hit me up for Very sure cool. for sure just go keychstoneretro.com keystoneretro.com and you can find them on the instagram keystone retro maybe there's an underscore but you'll, you'll is there me. is it keystone underscore i think it's retro? keystone underscore retro retro and then do you have you don't do it on the twitters right uh i'm on twitter i i follow mostly on, on there. there yeah I, I basically follow i don't post a and lot. here's the last part of it if you go there and you want to buy something put in the code Red River at checkout, save ten percent. Steve, I know it's and if going you don't see anything, but you want something, hit me up and I'll give you a ten percent off. He's, <laughs> if you let him go hunting, something you like doing, <laughs> that is true. Or if there's something you're looking give, for, yeah, I'll give you a discount to let me do something I want to do. Exactly, and gives <laughs> just me a, need a reason. Gives, gives me excuse to do something. On a I like, Sunday. I so like that a lot. Thank you, thank yeah. you, Steve Feast. I think we'll have to do that. We'll have to break the camera out and go do some like a little flea market run. That yeah, that'd would be, be fun. S- that's a great idea. Yeah. You know who's got a great camera who Devin yeah he does <laughs> damn it Devin elusive. get him on the show elusive and yeah. we need his camera all right elusive. well you you'll like his what he's been doing he's been rebuilding with that RX-7 yeah yeah oh my god oh, it's gorgeous so. he's, he's yeah. this putting, kid. Putting, putting a Chevy engine in it is oh. he's taking out the rotary yeah yeah he's putting a an F-150 engine or what I, I, I think something well, the thing like is, that like it's some sort rotary, of Chevy truck engine the rotary's great man but it's expensive to fix yeah, like it's, yeah. And that's the thing he's he's I mean, he's he, but that's what makes it so special I know but he knows what he's doing I don't know I don't know yeah. shit about it neither do I I just acted like it did after Fast and the Furious came out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so here we go question from Dreddit that popped up today and this is from user Multiforms mm-hmm. how do you all imagine the Blair Witch looks like what do you think the Blair Witch looks like? And what they said is, to this day, no other movie stayed on my mind as long as the Blair Witch Project, mostly because of the marketing surrounding the project, which was just brilliant. Agreed. Yes. Now, the movie doesn't show she and you're left trying to imagine just what in the hell was messing around with those people out in the woods. Rewatching it recently, I'm kind of mad because you never really see the bitch during the whole movie, and I need that closure <laughs> in my life. Now, there's a popular theory that there was no witch, and the guys were planning to kill Heather the whole time. But for the creators of, from the creators of the movie, there was always a witch. 
They created an entire lore for the witch and a diary for the main character that hints at the witch that the witch is actually luring Heather into the woods. I just need another Blair Witch movie that actually shows the witch, and after that, I can die in peace. So this is a fantastic one. I'm glad that you asked this, Joe. Yeah, because that'd be fun. Th- this ties in with everything. We should start it with this. <laughs> <laughs> so the same movie line that the this uh, evil Ash is from that the Ash figure that I ripped open is from is Todd McFarlane. So those are Spawn figures. So these aren't NECA. These are actually from the early early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Uh, Todd McFarlane, Spawn, all that. Yes. I have a Michael Myers one. Pretty cool stuff. So Movie Maniacs. Yes. They did a Blair Witch. Did they? They (sighs) did. So that is what I've known this forever because I was into this even back then. This is mine from my childhood. Sure. So there is a figure of the Blair Witch. Really? Yeah. And I actually we, we yeah, can you post pull, that pull, as well. I'm pull pulling that, it up yeah, right pull now. Pull that up because pull. what I always thought in the movie is that there really was no physical witch. It was more like a spirit. I do, th- like I the do woods. think that I do think that it that's the actual truth. Yeah. That is my actual opinion on it. But and I've read somewhere that there was an intention to have have it in there, but it wasn't in the budget. Well, that's really terrifying. If yeah. that was in, that's pretty if that terrifying. was in the movie, it would have taken away from it. Yeah, but that would have been good. I agree. Uh, I think the, I, I do think that they were just intending to kill her or something of that nature yeah. the entire time. So Ed and I had this experience. I don't know if you heard us talking about it on one episode, which we still haven't gotten Dan on for. <laughs> it's like we were just back the we were back the woods here, and it just it felt like something was following us. Oh yeah. Anyway, like looked up and there was like, it looked, it, I mean, I swear to God, it looked like there was something there. And then we got, you know, kept, you know, booked it and then it was over there. And it's like this, it was like the same exact shape. It was bizarre. The the crazy thing is though, like the scariest part about the whole thing is it was, it, there was snow on the ground. It was January. Mm. All the trees were stripped and you look, and we all came to the realization of the same, it's just like. It was almost like a movie moment. We all kind of look up, and there's just this black That's figure. In one, and it, it, it yeah. literally got all of us, even the people that don't, not you and I, but even the people who've since said, what the hell are they talking about? That didn't happen. It did freaking happen. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's when I think of the Blair Witch, that's actually what I always think of, like coming like a shadow figure. Yeah. I I could see I could see that. Um, obviously, this figure, I, I've that's been in my brain for 20 years. So mm-hmm. as soon as you start saying this, I'm like, yeah, wow. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Look, it's very spawn looking. Yes. Like, uh, it, it is definitely, you can tell is designed by yeah the, the spawn creator. And he, there was some weird figures they did in like the late nineties that, um, be like twisted wizard of Oz and stuff. They're like, yeah, they do like weird horror figures and they were just like making up their own, like, Almost like a Hellraiser type of characters. Well, like suffering Bob, and it's just like big fat guy with his nipples being ripped out by <laughs> some demon, like stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know if you were aware because uh, Disney lo- no longer holds the uh, licensing on like, the copyright on the image of Winnie the Pooh because um, that expired. Mm. They got, I'm trying to remember. Their, you know, it doesn't matter. They wrote the author's name, but either way, you know, they paid him, yada, yada, yada. And now there's going to be a Winnie the Pooh themed horror movie. Interesting. Yes, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. I, Game. If it's going to be that silly, I'm in. Mm-hmm. 
when people it's not even good i don't care right, i don't care i, I don't watch it it's it's i would, the wa- idea. I would, I would watch a fan made yeah. winnie the pooh so why wouldn't i watch like an actual yeah. Win- budgeted winnie the pooh horror movie so real quick the uh if then, if then this is that if this is the image that's in the movie that's always what i thought it was ellie kedward the actual mm. blair witch that they were talking about right beforehand that's always how i picture so picture your typical depiction of a salem witch mm-hmm. like with the yeah. furled clothes and you know black like almost like a nun yeah type get up and uh that like so if that was the one that i pulled up here in the movie very like that's Pur- puritan-esque exactly yeah that's what i always thought the the blair witch looked like just because of the that part in the uh, movie right uh, there's and then there's also the you know talk about seasons of season of the witch and then that just kind of <laughs> fogs things even further of like is it all in their head is there actually right you now a witch yeah i mean that's like and that's one of the reasons why we love the sequel so much because it's a movie about people who like the movie. Yeah, I agree. And this this is going to be more fun on video, but you guys ready for a story? I'm ready for I'm a ready. story. All right, so this is from the Haunted Places book. We heard from this last week with the uh, the Amityville yeah. horror mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. hoax. So this one I pulled up from, uh, this book was printed, what, 92, 93? Anyway, this is called The Witch's Footprint. Hey! There Whoa. we go. The dying curse of a woman executed as a witch still haunts the grave of the evil man who falsely accused her and had her sentenced to death. Despite seances conducted by spirit mediums and scientific tests with the most sophisticated equipment available to parapsychologists, there you go, who study the occult sciences, no one has been able to eliminate the telltale imprint of the witch's foot from her persecutor's tombstone. Colonel Jonathan Buck was a colonial officer and an important and politically powerful citizen in the state of Maine. So prominent, in fact, that Bucksport, the village he founded, was named after him. But the exact details of the events surrounding the trial and legal lynching of Ida Black are hazy and have been lost by the passage of time since Mm. her tragic death during the late 17th century witchcraft hysteria in the New World. Although the men and women murdered by their neighbors in Salem, Massachusetts, are the most commonly remembered victims of the lethal religious hysteria that swept the colonies during the early years of the European settlement in America, many others also died at the stake, by the noose, or crushed by boulders, piled on their pain-racked bodies in demented efforts to cleanse their souls of Satan and his demons. Ida Black was one of the innocent victims whose slaying would have gone virtually unknown if not for the agonized curse she pronounced on her tormentor moments before her death. Discarded Mm. mistress. According to some accounts, Ida was a beauty who had the misfortune of becoming the mistress of the arrogant and hard-headed Colonel Buck. When her looks began to fade and he tired of her, it said, he arranged to have her accused of witchcraft. That sounds about right. Mm. (laughs) Defenseless against the enmity of her former lover she was quickly convicted and condemned to death but other tales claim that the victim of the black-hearted frontier bigwig was an unattractive crone who was typical of the victims selected for persecution during the wave of witchcraft hysteria she was old eccentric lived alone and was without friends or relatives to defend her still other legends paint the victim as an indian woman whose husband had been shot by the bat in the back by colonel buck during a quarrel According to some depictions from that era, Ida was burned at the stake and her former lover's person her former lover personally ignited the wood piled at her feet. 
but according to most accounts handed down through the centuries, Ida Black was hanged. All the stories seem to agree as well that the last agonized words of the woman executed for witchcraft pronounced a terrible curse on the colonel. Quote, Though you may slay me now, my colonel, she croaked, I shall come back and dance upon your gravestone while you roast in hell. <laughs> End quote. Nice. It was a powerful curse, uttered at a moment of extreme so. emotion and distress, and Colonel Buck didn't take it lightly. It haunted him throughout the remainder of his life, and members of his family shared his concern. When he died, they took special care to select a perfect stone that was unblemished in any way for his final memorial. They called in the most respected stonemason in the area to shape the stone and carve the name of the family patriarch. As expected, Jonathan Buck's tombstone was the finest of all those in the little cemetery. It seemed only proper after all. Then on the anniversary of the accused witch's death, a curious thing occurred. The image of a woman's dancing foot and lower leg, first tinged with color of rust, then with bright red blood, began to form on the front of the surface of the once perfect stone. The good citizens, the good citizens of Bucksport were horrified, but none so much as the family survivors of the colonel. They ordered the stone sanded and cleaned, but the image remained, so they ordered the sanding to be performed again and again. Eventually, the stone was sanded and cleaned more than a dozen times, but always the image returned within a few hours after the work was completed. At last, Colonel Buck's heirs gave up on the stone, ordered a new one erected in its place. A few days after the new tombstone was placed on his grave, the image of the woman's dancing foot began slowly forming once more. So the second stone was removed and replaced with another clean rock slab, professionally formed by the best available stonemason and inscribed with the colonel's name. Within a few days, the mystifying footprint had again formed on the new stone. This time, the family members had to concede they had enough. They gave up. The third and final tombstone erected for Colonel Buck still stands in the cemetery at Bucksport today, with the enigmatic form of the dancing foot deeply etched into the front surface, directly under his name. Wow. I would like to see yeah. a picture of this. I like to How go about find that? that. So my initial is good on those stonemakers because they were able to just keep getting getting this back and back. You know, All right, well, you know, we'll clean it again for you. Well, clean it again. It's, it's <laughs> probably the stonemaker that did it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're reading about it in 1991. I uh, mean, we're reading about it in, in 20, 2022. Isn't that cool? <laughs> They're writing about it in 1991. Yeah. And Three. what was it? 93 okay and it was what 17 something the witch's yeah. the the witch's footprint so so that famous of a story you know everyone in town knew about this so, absolutely you know people are probably screwing with them like well let's like yeah. the uh, the handprint in the old jail up in jim thorpe oh yeah yeah you know that's immediately what i thought was was the handprint in jim thorpe have you guys both been I've seen the picture at your house. Okay. Your parent, well, your parents' I'm, house. I am familiar. I have not been. But I have not been to it. Okay. Because it's impossible to find parking there. Yeah. Especially it, now. Uh, it's gotten worse and worse. They've, they've Beautiful so city. Been, yeah. What did they do? They put permit parking or something in there. It's bad. That's it's probably really pretty bad. good. I was actually talking, I think my, me and my wife might do it. Do like, uh, there's a couple like bed and breakfasts. Yeah. Right yeah. Along. It's like, why don't we just do like a little weekend? Yeah, just probably not away. too expensive. Yeah, depends cute, on the cute, time of the year. Cute little town to walk around in. It's gonna be more expensive in like Christmas. It's gonna be more expensive around fall. fall. Yeah. Dead of summer, they do a lot of 
kayaking or not kayaking um white water rafting. raftings launches yeah. out of there yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah i've done that a bunch of times yeah. that's fun yeah that is a good time but and here's you want to know fun thing about witches i don't know if you saw steve i know i sent it to eddie there's going to be a witchcraft store opening in conchahawken okay yeah i, I would be all about checking yeah. that out there's a really cool oddities and witchcraft store in asbury park yeah mm-hmm. and i've only ever got to look in the window because we usually go on we'll go sunday monday tuesday because that's when the cheapest mm-hmm. and that's when the beaches are the the less filled yep and it's also when everything's closed yep so <laughs> so everything closes by three o'clock in the afternoon on sunday and then yep yeah but that's the shore so i'm i'm more interested in what's going to happen with this store so we're gonna try and reach out to her so maybe we can talk but uh, get her know, on the show I, i'm a little weary like not weary i don't know what like reluctant to because like there's some people that are very into like wiccan yes. things where they're like i don't want this is i'm not horror movie. i'm not a sideshow yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like i it's like you know and we do appreciate it every which way yes so uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no but you're right but that's i actually think i was speaking to it yeah you want to be respectful bit. to some degree there's right. there's yeah. peeps up in salem real witches wiccan whatever yeah and like they, they it's no joke like it's just like yo like i know you like the stories but this is we're, we're not a sideshow here yeah yeah so. this is this is who we are it's their religion yep yeah, yeah and that's how they treat it anyway on that note hey it's been a good time, fellas. Yes, it has. It's been a very good time. Steve, it's great having you come back again soon, which I'm probably going to ask. We'll probably ask you to come back yeah, again Yeah, I'm sure. Because like we said, we want to keep having more people on, so we'll hunt down Devin. Uh, we've, we'll have Stacy back on. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of good things. A lot of good things in the works. Hey, there's Pumpkin. She's saying, hey, Pumpkin, wrap it up, Pumpkin's boys. saying time to wrap up, Joe. Wrap so I'm Eddie Kayazza. Find us all at Red River Horror, Instagram, Twitter, redriverhorror at gmail.com. Thanks, Steve, for being on. Yes, of, of course. course. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you can find him at Keystone Retro, KeystoneRetro.com. Yes, I've been your host, Joe Zucresi. You can find me at Red River Joe. Send me your questions, suggestions, everything you got. And remember to keep traveling those channels of fear. Fear.